Welcome to the Scuffed Podcast. I'm Adam Bells in Minneapolis. With me is Greg Velasquez in Des Moines. We talk about U.S. men's soccer. The U.S. beat Paraguay 1-0 in a game that was okay to watch in stretches at moments. Did you think it was okay to watch, Greg? I I did. Maybe I'm in the more minority, but uh, I did think it was uh, good to watch. Uh, it it had everything that I wanted to see in the game. Uh, in a sense, like I wanted to see a team that was willing to try to play, and I don't think anyone will say that the team didn't try to play. They didn't always succeed, but I don't want to. I mean, I think it's almost uh, too much to expect uh, a a group that's this inexperienced, certainly not experienced together, to come together for three days and then be able to try to play and actually pull it off for 90 minutes. I think that's, I think that's almost unreasonable to expect. So I was actually really pleased with the intent. Uh, and I was pleased with several stretches of actual quality. Yeah. There were some good moments for sure. Um, you know, the big thought I come away with from this is just, uh, which we can get into more later is just the, the weakness of the pool, the player pool overall. And uh, um, although there was, I think there was a great energy tonight, particularly in the opening, so, say, 30 minutes. For sure. Uh, um, we just don't have any attacking quality. And we talked about this in our last podcast, but um, there just isn't there just isn't anybody out there who's going to get on the ball and create a, in the attacking third. And certainly there was nobody tonight who could put the ball in the back of the net. But like you say, it's hard to expect some kind of fluid performance after five practices together. Why don't we start by talking about Sarakin's team selection? You know, we've we've been uh, we've been all over the roster, up and down, and all around already, but uh his lineup tonight, it was not far off from what you and I talked about. He must be he must be a listener of the podcast. <laughs> Cuz I think Outside of Delgado replacing an injured McKinney and Viafania in there for instead of Robinson, it was exactly my roster, and I think it was pretty close to yours, right? Well, I'm always sure to put in enough caveats with mine that no matter who he picks, I have <laughs> much. Uh, no matter who he picks, you what? I I pretty much nail it. Um, I know we we'd mentioned that uh, Adams was sort of the only right-sided player, but he kind of, he, you know, he did what you thought and he put Nagby out there instead and left Adam central, I think, uh, which was uh, a smart move. Uh, but yeah, I, I, the, the roster he picked was given McKenney was injured. Um, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to quibble too much. Uh, Via Fania, I think more than uh, earned his, earned his uh, minutes there. Uh, hey, do you have, well. when you first saw it, were you uh, upset? And then did your mind change it all during the game? I wasn't upset, but I, I just think it's not Sarakin's fault that McKinney has a is it a groin injury or something? I, I don't know, some kind of lingering muscle thing. So it's not Sarakin's fault, but without McKinney in the lineup, it did feel pretty January campy to me. I thought uh, there's just not there's nobody inspiring here. I mean, I there's there are inspiring players on. on in this lineup, but 
There's nobody who's going to come out and dominate on the ball without McKinney. And I think no, that, I think right. that's I think that proved out too. I mean, we did have some nice stretches of play, but we didn't have we didn't have anybody you know consistently turning in midfield and playing a killer ball. Not that McKinney would have done that necessarily, but he's capable of that. Right. So so my thing is, you're right. We didn't. Ha- that was completely missing. Like absent, essentially, uh, save the save the ball into Adams for the for the penalty from Delgado. Uh, but again, like my my measuring stick was much shorter than that. My measuring stick was, and this is really as uh, simple as I was hoping to see, were players accomplishing what they were trying to do each time they got the ball. Mm-hmm. And that might seem like a measuring, uh, you know, like a terrible way to measure uh, an international level competition. Um, but I feel like the last, you know, the January friendly, there was nothing even close to that. Uh, you know, there was no success even by that uh, low bar. And I would say the same for several World Cup qualifiers against uh, teams that aren't very good at soccer. We we routinely wouldn't accomplish what we were actually trying to accomplish. You know, we'd so many intercepted passes, deflected passes, passes to nobody. Mm-hmm. So the bar tonight may have been low, but I was really happy that we attempted to, uh, you know, exceed it. And then in my mind, successfully did it. So I, I, I was happy. Yeah. Yeah, good. I mean, um, it's good to hear that. I think you 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 make a good case for happiness for sure. Uh, <laughs> uh, the center back pairing. Maybe we'll just go real quick. The center back pairing was uh, Miazga and CCV, and I think the general consensus is they they played pretty well. Miazga in particular, but but CCV, you didn't you didn't hear much from him, and that's good. All right. So they didn't. You know, it's hard to think of a time. That- uh, they really did much wrong. There was the one messy moment that I think probably was more on Stefan yep. uh, playing out of the back. And uh, was it Trap that really did well to clean it up? But, you know, it's you can't put that on the center backs. And uh, so they didn't really concede any clear chances. And I thought that, that unlike sort of what we'd said before the game, we were kind of worried that who would be willing to play a ball into the mid. Like those guys were trying to connect passes every time they got it. Mm-hmm. They were. I guess I'd say I, even though Viafania did acquit himself well, and we can get more into that for sure, uh, I still would have liked to see Anthony Robinson, particularly towards the, you know, end of the second half. I mean, Viafania was seem, you know, he wasn't as bright as he had been earlier in the game, and I we talked about this last week, but Keaton Keaton Parks would have been a really helpful uh, addition in this in this roster, I think. Let's stay on Viafania and, and Yedlin first, and then we'll get into that Keaton Parks, um, like uh, the midfield without a Keaton Parks type. But I thought Viafania did really well, and, you know, it's more, left back's been such an issue for us. Viafania was, was at least adequate through qualifying. But tonight, if you had never seen Viafania play before and he had this performance tonight, I feel like you'd be like, this guy could really do the job for us at left back. Yeah, yeah, I mean... You see how I'm the optimistic one all of a sudden? <laughs> I know, this is a role reversal. He, I mean, let's start with the caveat that Paraguay was, Paraguay did not have a lot of ideas in the attack. So they didn't really, they didn't really test our fullbacks much. They tested them a little bit, but not much. And, That's um, 
And, and that's that's true. That's my optimistic or the, my uh, glass half full way of saying is going to say that uh, we didn't allow Paraguay to do anything that they wanted to do. Okay, I mean you're so, the co- you're the coach here. You're the coach here, so you know you know that stuff. Well, what do you think we were doing that um, that didn't allow them to do what they wanted to do? Uh, I think, like you said, there was an energy. So the first twenty minutes, I thought there was a very like energetic press. Uh, to the point that we were up, uh, you know, at, at times, it, you know, we'd kind of ease into this press where they'd work it backwards trying to buy space all the way back to their goalkeeper even. And even at that point, we've got Bobby Wood chasing the ball, not just chasing to chase, but sh- like pressuring with purpose with guys behind him moving up and the, the layer behind those guys moving up. So uh, the lines really seemed to know what they were doing and uh, – I don't know if Paraguay came in expecting it to be a little bit more of a casual uh, atmosphere, but they just never, I mean, you, you saw how frustrated they were. The game really took a turn uh, by way of Paraguay deciding that soccer, they weren't interested in soccer anymore. <laughs> right. Is it like maybe around like the 70th minute or something? It started getting that yeah. way. I mean, 70 minutes of not having really even, they had like a couple of sniffs and, and, that's it. And they weren't, it wasn't even a game where they were just, it was almost, you said role reversal earlier with me and you, but that's what this felt like. This felt like a role reversal of the U S against so many, uh, uh, central American teams where we were the ones who, even if we didn't have a ton of punch at the end, we were the ones who were in control of the ball. And it was Paraguay who couldn't ever just really get their foot on it. Right. Uh, And I, you know, it showed that they were the ones at the end who really lost the plot. Yeah, that's true. That was really encouraging. Particularly the first, I think they played their way back into the game a little bit towards the end of the first half and created created some chances in the second half. Let's put the roster to bed real quick. It seems like we don't have many quibbles, you know, given given McKinney's understandable absence. So let's head on, talk about what we think went right. I mean, we've sort of touched on some of this stuff, but let's touch on it again. Sure. The, I, you know, I was, I was really pleased with the back four, uh, both in their sort of defensive roles uh, and in their, again, their uh, in possession. I thought everyone had, was on the same page on what we were trying to accomplish, uh, even if that just meant keeping the ball. It might have been a lot of like, uh, you know, defense by possession, but there were very few cheap giveaways, very few like hopeful balls forward. Um, at least, you know, this is on, on one watch. I don't, I don't, it didn't have the same, um, aimlessness Mm -hmm. that, that most other U S games have had over the past year and a half. Yeah. Yeah. I I thought I was really impressed. I mean, I'm, I'm really impressed that CCV didn't, uh, I mean, he did get a yellow card for a, I thought it was sort of a questionable foul call toward the end there, but he didn't have any like big sloppy tackles or anything, which he, he, he does have a propensity for. And he was clean on the ball too. 
So I was I was really impressed with that and surprised by it. And I thought Miazga was great. Mm-hmm. Um, that that one time uh, Almiron was coming at him from the right wing, you know, getting ready to getting ready to cut it cut in on his left and take a shot, and did cut in on his left and take a shot. And Miazga's Miazga's defense in that situation was was really good. I mean, Almiron scores goals in that position all the time in MLS and Miazga Miazga sort of, you know, stayed with him and uh, got in position to block the shot. And then, you know, there was a, a couple times where he would like Cruyff a, a pressing yeah. uh, attacker and just calmly play a nice ball. I, I loved it. I thought he was great. That's what I want to see in a March friendly, right? Let's see that in March. That's right. the perfect to try those things. I was a little less impressed with Viafania and and Yedlin defensively, just because I don't think they had a ton to do. Right. But well, not not many mistakes, but it's not as though they they like made a lot of plays that they didn't have. There there just wasn't a lot that needed to be done. Right. What about the what about the midfield trio? Uh, we had Trap as the six, which. Um, I think a lot of people expected, and then Adams and Delgado as sort of dual eights. How did you think they played? Let's go through each of them. So again, these are three guys who have no experience playing together. Uh, and is that correct? That's right, right? They didn't play. They didn't. Um, didn't play in January. So Trap and Adams might have played a little bit together. Right. Uh, but but you know, overall, certainly with the rest of the eleven around them, this is a brand new central midfield trio. And, you know, whether they have to be world beaters or not, like they, they did all the things, you know, each pass they were trying to make, they were connecting on. Uh, it almost just shows how, again, how ridiculous it was that we went out into World Cup's qualifying games with one center midfielder. Yeah, my goodness. Yeah. What's, I mean, did, was Trap, did Trap have a good game? I, so tra- Trap's measure for me was that uh, I don't think he really, he certainly didn't, start any Paraguay attacks, which again, my, <laughs> my, my bar is very low, but he didn't jump start any Paraguay attacks with needless turnovers. And he sure seemed to, uh, you know, dissuade any Paraguay attack from building. There weren't, they never got to run at us. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, you know, there were even a couple times where they did get to run at us. The Stefan giveaway, there was a giveaway in the first half on like, uh, on side, Seth's side, Safe. Uh, the left yeah. side. Yeah, uh, and it was a bad giveaway in that sense where we were way out of shape. Like uh, we'd had an over Viafani had overlapped, and we have this giveaway, and they have the entire right side of the field to bring it down. And uh, Trap and Miazga did really well to break that up. So in that sense, yeah, Trap had a very solid game. He, it's it's uh, I don't know if you want to call it like Beckerman esque, where you're not asking him to do much, but he what he was asked to do, he did very well. Yeah. That that Saif giveaway was the one that led to the Almiron chance that yep, Ma- Miazga, Miazga really. snuffed out. Yeah, and and Trap did also play. He played a ball, a pretty nice ball to Viafania down the left wing that uh, was crossed and then on the bounce collected by Nagby, I think, and 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 then that. <laughs> That was in the first half, yeah. Nagby and Nagby did did a, a little one-two with Delgado, and then played, you know, cut the ball back across, and Saif and Wood kind of, oh sure, kind of mangled okay. the chance, yeah. 
So that was that whole play was sprung by a trap pass. I guess I'm not an expert, but I didn't see anything super wonderful from from trap. Other than that, and and just what you said, the fact that there wasn't a lot of there wasn't a lot of danger coming up the middle. Mm-hmm. So I sort of I'm sort of looking to you to tell me if you know is he has he made a claim on the on the number six spot for the for first choice eleven. Is he in the conversation? Is I he- think that puts him squarely in the conversation. Uh, you know, McKenney's kind of a wild card because he's he's going to be in the eleven. So who gives who gives way? You know, uh, Pulisic's going to be in the eleven. So is he going to be central or, or is he going to be wide? And then who gives way somewhere else? Because with Nagby wide, it's really easy to imagine. You know, when Pulisic slots back in, uh, Nagby could come central, and that's that's one less spot for Trap to and Delgado to be competing for. You know, or it could just be Pulisic for Saif, and that's that's a straight swap. So it's there's there's a lot of uh, um, there's there's a lot unknown, but you know it's March 2018, and our next World Cup is November 2022. Yeah. So yeah, so yeah. So to answer your question the long way, Trap, I think Trap did very well uh, for this was as well as Trap really could have done tonight. I think. Okay. Okay. Um, no one was expecting him to drop, you know, three or four assists in this game. So this is what this is what you'd expect, right? Delgado, Delgado, did he? You know, he had the he had the assist on the penalty. I know you don't. I guess it's not technically an assist, but it was a very nice pass to spring Adams. Uh, I I'm I'm watching a second time, kind of as we're talking here, and he. I ha- I am noticing he did a lot of nice little connective things. I mean, he played the one-two with Nagby to before he before he cut that ball back across. But again, I I don't know if he's you know he's just sort of a fringe player who you know did did well as in his role, but isn't really going to be in the conversation going forward. I mean, he's going to be in the conversation, but is he going to be in the starting eleven someday or? Yeah, I don't know. Well, it's easy to, you know, for watching Delgado play, even kind of watching uh, Kenny Saif play, it's almost sometimes like you can hear the instructions the coach would have given him. And with Delgado, it seems like it was just like, make the simplest pass you possibly can every time you get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the one time they found he he was he, he ended up on the ball with enough time to really pick his head up, he picked out that great pass to Adam. So... Uh, you know, Delgado, I think, is in the same boat as Trap. He definitely didn't do anything to hurt himself. Uh, did plenty to say that he could be relied on not to screw up, uh, and that's a that's an important that's important information to have on a player. Um, but again, it's you know, if you're talking about him long term in a starting spot, Weston McKenney's over there recovering from an injury, and it's really easy to imagine McKenney playing in that spot instead and offering a little bit more. Offering all the same things Delgado gave you, but then able to do you know a couple other things as well. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean McKinney's. Even if Delgado had had like a couple goals tonight, it's hard to imagine McKinney not being chosen ahead of him. Uh, so let's talk about Adams, and then we can decide whether the midfield was something that went right tonight or not. It seems like we're trending towards it went. It's something that went right. I thought Adams was, uh, you know, he's still not for me. He's still not there, as you know, what what I'd like to see our 
one of our center midfielders be, but he he sure was good tonight. He was he was he was influential. He was proud to me. He was the most influential player on the pitch, and not just because he ran onto that Delgado through ball and earned a penalty. I mean, he just was everywhere. His passing was a little loose sometimes, but but he made a lot of good passes too. And um, I thought I was I was that's one of the main things I was watching for. You know, is McKenney going to develop? I mean, sorry, is Adams going to develop into a international caliber center mid? And I and I thought there was progress on that front tonight. So so here, here's my here's my take on Adams. I'm I'm with you. I think Adams. Uh, at this point, is almost sort of cementing a spot somewhere in the lineup. Uh, before the game, when we were given our lineups, I was saying Adams will probably be a six, but he'd be a six in sort of only the way he can be. Uh, and instead, he played a sort of an eight, but again, it's an eight in only the way that he can do it. Uh, Adams is basically playing like one and a half positions at a time, like at the same time. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I know I had you hunt down uh, a clip from the first half where were pressing and they actually find a lofted ball over Adams's head to, to uh, a Paraguay player's feet. Uh, Adams actually makes up like 20 yards uh, by the time in the time it took the first guy to uh, take his touch and be moving and wins the ball back and draws a foul. Um, and then later, you know, 10 minutes later, he ends up from his sort of recess spot as an eight outrunning the entire Paraguay back line and gets into the box and draws a penalty kick. So those two those two moments for me solidify the fact that Tyler Adams is sort of unlike any other player in the pool. Mm. I feel like he plays the eight. He gives us more defensive coverage than if you put a defensive specialist at that spot, and he gives you more attacking coverage than if you put an attacking specialist at that spot. Uh, so I feel like that is that's something we, I can't remember us ever having. Yeah, it's well put. You know, Think about other guys who would play in a, in a four-one-four-one or in the recent past of the U.S. national team. Who else would have played in a spot like that? Mm. I mean, Jermaine Jermaine Jones kind of is like maybe the closest thing, right? Right. So we could use think of other guys we would even use in that formation, not necessarily Adams equivalents. It'd be like a Clint Dempsey or a uh, maybe like a Bedoya, maybe a Michael Bradley when we had Beckerman sitting behind. Like Bradley's the only guy I can think of who might give you the defensive coverage. Yeah, uh, Adams does, but he's gonna just sit and want to distribute once once we have the ball. Whereas Adams offers that extra uh, that extra thrust that just we you know Clint Dempsey's never gonna make that run. Uh, Aaron Johansson's never gonna make that run. Um, it was it's it kind of opens up a lot of uh, avenues. I think. Yeah, yeah. Here's my question about him. Uh, he still, you know, he still was tonight. He he in close quarters, you know, in tight space. He wasn't he wasn't that polished. You know, there were a few times where he tried to do like a give and go in tight space, and it didn't come off. Or there was one point where he uh, Miazga played a ball on the ground to Saif, and Saif got a foot on it and sprayed it uh, from from the flank into the middle to Adams's chest and he, he, he brought it down. He was in like, you know, like a big circle of space. He brought it down with his chest. He turned forward and you could tell he was just, um, a little bit jittery, you know, it feels to me like he's always a little bit jittery when he's 
trying to turn in the middle of the pitch. And then he played a pass to the, um, he tried to play a pass to, I think an overlapping via Fania. And it, it was just a bad pass. It didn't, it didn't come off. He didn't, he didn't even look to his right in that case. And I, and I guess my question is, is he going to, are those skills he can develop? You know, can he, can he develop an, you know, ability to be like a little cleaner in tight space? Can he develop a little bit more, um, 360 degree awareness or is he just going to be, you know, this like high energy back and forth number eight who offers a lot, but doesn't offer, uh, a lot of connection, you know, with the rest of the team. I see that as something that can be developed for sure. I mean, a lot of that is, you know, he's, he, he can, he can improve some of his habits, you know, uh, sort of being more aware of things before being more aware of the map of the field before the ball arrives. Uh, Mm -hmm. at, you know, at what, 19 now is he 18? He's he's recently 19. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it, it, there's any reason to believe that this is now a finished product. I think that there's pl- there will be plenty of examples we could probably find of players who were very promising at 19 and continue to improve and sort of make the most of that promise, uh, not just in the U.S. Uh, archives, but just around the world. Right. Um, I don't I don't think there's any reason to be like, well, he's just we're, he's doomed to be this kind of player. He could, you know, there's a, there's a chance he never does develop those things, and he could probably still be a very effective player. Uh, but it's also possible that he could he could uh, add those extra little skills and you know jump from the dominating not even dominating jump from a very very like an elite MLS player to a, a world class player in any league in the world. Right. Yeah, that's the thing. Is it's I I I guess I wouldn't even be upset if he was a if he was a starting. 11 regular for the next decade and never did get any better at turning in traffic or, you know, playing a quick one, two, um, because he, because he offers so much. Um, and, and maybe he would, that would, that would be fine if he was like the six behind a midfield of McKinney and I don't know, Keaton parks or, you know, somebody with a little more, with a little more forward passing acumen, but well, yeah, I want to be. I, I'm now like backtracking on my at Tyler Adams as a six. Like the the fact that he can cover so much ground, uh, you might that's that's a bit. It's a higher risk proposition from the six uh, compared to an eight, where ground covering is sort of the name of the game. Yeah. Well, so if yeah. he's going to be an eight, we really need him to. We need him to develop these other skills. You know. Yeah. Or, or continue to develop them. I saw one. I saw one turn in the middle of the field where he, um, where he kind of turned on. He turned. He let the ball ride across his across his body, and then kind of turned on the jets and played a little outside of the boot pass to. I think it was Viafania again, where I thought, "Ooh, that's good. That's the kind of thing I want to see." And and I'm guessing. I don't. I don't know the specific one you're talking about, but I'm guessing when he did the little turn, was there someone chasing him? Was he right? Did he separate on the dribble? He did, yeah. He said he took like a, you know, he took like kind of a long but very controlled touch to completely separate himself. That's such a that's such like a unique skill to have to actually, you know, gain ground on someone while you're dribbling. That's that's a that's a big deal to have in the in the locker. Yeah, he's explosive for sure. 
So can we? I guess we can put the midfield in the category of uh, something that went right. I mean, yes. Yeah, so, so selectively, I would say a lot of what we saw from the midfield in a March friendly on three days notice, I'd say goes into what went right category. Obviously, the thing that we were missing was that sort of final third pass to unlock the whole game. Um, that's again, that's I, I think that's a lot to ask from from a group that's brand new of uh, 23 year olds. Uh, but it, you know, I think you should note. I think I want to note that it's it was uh, definitely missing. It yeah, completely absent. That's my. That was maybe my other s- sort of quibble with Adams is he would get the ball. I don't know, just inside the half line, or maybe even further up the pitch, like maybe right at the right at the edge of the attacking third, and just wouldn't try anything. You know, didn't try to chip chip the back line or didn't try to play a quick one two. He would just shuttle it shuttle along sideways a lot. And Delgado was often the same. But but can you can you use some imagination to say if it had been Del if instead of Delgado it had been uh Weston McKenney or it had been Pulisic or it had been uh even like a Aaron Johansson, like if Adams is making a simple pass to that guy and then that Andrew Carlton for you, Bells, if it had yeah. been Andrew yes. Carlton. Thank you. It's about uh, time you brought him up. <laughs> and you can sort of, uh, you know, you can you can see how it would certainly be a, a useful experiment to see what happens in that moment. I don't know that we could have gone to this game doing that because I, I don't think we could have been sure that an Andrew Carlton or, a, you know, a playmaker would have really had the opportunity to do it. In hindsight, it's easy to be like, yeah, we should have had a playmaker in there. But I wasn't, ex- neither of us were expecting this level of control of the ball, I don't think. Mm-mm. Yeah, I wasn't. That's a good, maybe that's a good segue for us to talk about the wingers because there weren't a lot of targets for for the center mids to pick out because we we had two wingers out there who were not re- who are not really known for you know making decisive runs in behind and and then we had a a striker who we'll get to in a minute but what did you make make of Kenny Saif in his first real appearance for the USMNT? Oh, uh, he he definitely was like putting in a shift. He I think we were expecting a hardworking uh, winger from from him, and we got that. Uh, there were times where I thought he was very he, he maintained the rhythm of our possession game, mm-hmm. but a lot of times it looked like he had been given the instruction to take people on on the dribble, and he just looks like he looks such a fish out of water attacking people on the dribble. Save for that outrageous. Uh, spin he had to start the second half. Yeah, that was something. So many other times he'd get it and actually like have time to sort of plan how he was going to take someone on, and it just looked like a looked like sort of a youth player where he would just like take a big touch and try to blow by the guy who was backpedaling, and it was just never even like it was never close. The guy would just take the ball, and that was the end of the possession. So uh, he doesn't seem like he's going to be an effective player getting behind people on the dribble. Uh, so he's, he, he looks like he might just be kind of a hardworking two way, you know, possession outpost. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't beat anybody on the dribble and he, and even his, his service was kind of so, so I thought, uh, I mean, when he was able to get a cross off, which was not very often. 
I don't know. I, I wasn't that impressed. I, th- I expected more, uh, a little bit more class. I mean, maybe I'd been led to believe there was there would be more, a little bit more class from him than I saw. But no, I'm with you. My note, my note for Kenny was basically that he's not helping us. He's not. He's not necessarily. I mean, he wasn't, you know, killing us, but he wasn't helping us. Yeah, not making a difference out there. There, you know, there there were moments where you thought, "Oh, that's a nice one touch pass," or, but, but yeah. Nagby, let's talk about Nagby. I want to hear yours. You're the one who who picked him out wide correctly. Yeah, I mean, I thought he was really good in the early going. Uh, you know, he even made he even made a like a, a really aggressive run down the flank one time and got on the end of a got on the end of a through ball and then he you know he made he cut that pass back uh, for the for that really good chance at, I don't know about the fifteen minute mark or something and and he also helped create some other stuff uh, I think he, one time he he picked up the ball on the right in the right channel and beat a guy on the dribble and then played Viafania in on the other side of the field and Viafania fizzed across low oh into the box and it could have been a chance if somebody had you know somebody had been on the end of it but you know the, I still still bugs me the way he 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 seems a little bit scared to to go forward and he seems a little a little bit indecisive when he gets into these like decisive moments where you have to be decisive. Like, I think of one example where uh, Miazga played a re- like a, a really nice diagonal ball onto Nagby's chest, and uh, Nagby brought it down. His, I mean, his technical ability is really, really good. Yeah, he had moments too, didn't he? Yeah, he brought it down. And and then he brought down to his feet very efficiently, and then and then he just sort of dribbled backwards, and he's got Bobby Wood, you know, showing for him right at the top of the box for an easy square pass, and meanwhile Yedlin is Yedlin is bombing up the flank, and and this is all within Wood's field of vision. So all Nagby has to do is just play a simple pass to Wood, and Wood and Wood can play a, a simple ball to to the corner to to get Yedlin in behind. And Nagby does that thing where he just kind of like keeps taking another touch until he's back at the center circle. And I feel like he did that a few times. Strangely enough, right after he did that, he, he exchanged a couple passes with, uh, with Delgado and then, and then beat the guy and put Viafania in on the other side of the field. So I don't know. It's not all bad, but it's definitely not all bad. He had a, he had a bright performance. I don't want to, I don't want to, take away from that but i still am a little frustrated by by that tendency of his to just kind of wander back with the ball do you think that's just going to be the player nagby is for the u.s i mean i mean uh you know in a way it's like uh it's sort of like what how how the fans react to dempsey where he could frustrate the hell out of you for 65 minutes and then he just pulls off something ridiculous and he was the only one who was going to win the game for you and he won the game for you do you think nagby can can ever be at that point where his Mm -hmm his quality is sort of worth whatever frustrating uh, moments he has. No, cause he's not a, he's not a goal scorer and he's not a, I mean, he did have that nice pass to Saif, so he could have easily had an assist tonight, but he's not a goal scorer and he's not a, he's not, he's never been somebody who's really good in the attacking third. So no, I don't think he can be like 
Dempsey in that way. Do you? Um, no, I mean definitely not in the Dempsey at the Dempsey level where yeah. uh, swings are very wild. I think I think you could be a, like on a pendulum with a little bit shorter uh, ample. <laughs> like shorter swings he i feel like he will be frustrating but you know it's it's even like you're saying it's that little frustration of oh man i feel like we had something there and now it's gone um but and then his the quality he brings is like oh that was a pretty solid like suddenly he decided to explode out of a double team and and then try to you know find an outside back to put a cross in so it's it's a different scale than dempsey but i uh, I, I I still think Nagby has a spot on the on a team if we're going to try to play the way we played tonight. Mm-hmm. It's hard to say too. Like uh, part of me thinks if McKenney had if McKenney had been on the field, and maybe I just put too much hope in this kid. But if McKenney had been on the field, then then maybe all these pieces would have fit together better. You know, uh, in the attack, like Nagby would have had Nagby would have had somebody who to find who wants the ball at his feet everywhere and Adams would have had that too and so they could have done all the things they do well and then McKenney could have just like sort of capped it off but we didn't get to see that my theory didn't get to be tested so I'm just going to continue to believe that it would have been that way I'm a believer of that theory I and I'll I'll I'll, again I'll up your theory one more time and say if you'd swap Pulisic for Kenny Saif out wide and then throw in Weston uh, McKenney in at center mid for like a Delgado. Uh, I think you would have. I think we could have seen a lot of your theory in action. Yeah, I mean, imagine if if Pulisic was running at that at that defense. I mean, yeah, I'm imagining it. Imagine it right. Now. <laughs> what are you seeing? What are you seeing as you imagine it? Oh, Just great. like a six zero win. Well, we have to wait till May or or June for that. I would say Saif kind of went okay and. Yeah, like you say, Nagby's in the picture, but it's, it's, I think he's limited. He's limited. And I, I should say, I, I think Yedlin is limited too. I thought we saw his limitations on display tonight. He's just not technical enough. And like he didn't have much to do defensively. I know I'm jumping wildly from right wing to right back, but uh, he's, he's, he's our unquestioned uh, first choice right back just because there's nobody else who's good. But that doesn't mean he's good. And I think that a lot of people in the U.S. fan base mistake the two. That's yes, my opinion. That's, that's the case. We, I think the U.S. fan base, myself included, at the very least I appreciate someone who's not going to be a train wreck. Like if if you're not setting the, the team on fire, I'm like, I'll take this. Right. Right. Uh so yeah, so I would say I, w- I was fine with Yedlin's game. I don't I don't think he he didn't for for not having very much to do defensively. I don't think he was as involved offensively as Viafania was, and that might have just been the way Paraguay was set up. Uh, but I, you know, I thought yeah, I think Yedlin was fine. He didn't he didn't he definitely didn't do anything to hurt us. I was I was happy enough with with his game. Yeah. Okay. Just a couple times where you know he's got all that pace and he. He'll like pick up the ball and then like run past it and leave it behind or you know. That, yeah. So. That, that was a little just unlucky, just a little bit lucky there. Yeah, yeah, I don't know how much luck has to do with that, but we'll go with that. Unlucky. All right. So, so what's the the verdict on 
Nagby is that he was he was what Nagby was going to be, and then for for Kenny, it's uh he didn't he didn't like sabotage his future hopes, but he he didn't necessarily like outshine even like a Paul Ariola. He's not a game changer, you know. That's I think that's pretty clear. And maybe maybe if he was surrounded by more quality, it would it would look differently. But yeah, he's not. I'm I'm anxious for uh, I'm anxious for other wing options to emerge. Um, striker. That striker. We were both we were both in the, the start Bobby camp uh, last week, and even this morning and this afternoon. How do you how do you feel about that now? Bells, he scored the match winning goal, so it's <laughs> that we were correct. <laughs> yeah, it was a it was a ruthless penalty. Uh, Bobby Wood had a had a rough had a rough game. Yeah, he did. It was really bad. Uh, I, I found myself like I found myself really like concentrating on our defensive shape when they had it up high and being like Bobby Wood's doing a great job of channeling play to one side or the other. So I was really wanting to find some positives for him. Uh, but on the ball, whatever ideas he had, just nothing really, nothing really, he, nothing really came off. No, he does work hard. You got to hand him that. And he seems like a really good teammate too. Uh, as Kenny said, he's played him a, played him a pass, a diagonal ball that was well behind him. And, and Wood would have been, you know, a, a, a well hit ball would have put win Wood in on the, in the box and Bobby just smiled at Kenny and gave him the thumbs up, you know, good yeah, idea. Uh, good idea, bud. That's exactly. There was a, there's no, there's no, he's not a diva. There was another, uh, that's true. Second half where somehow they'd gotten swapped out. Uh, he ended up on the right wing for a, a while and he was just doing all of the work that, uh, that our right wing in that situation. I, Nagby was up top for a minute for some reason. Was he? Um, I didn't notice that. It was, I, I think it was just an exchange of play where we lost it, and that's just the shape we fell into. But Bobby Woods over there doing the work of a uh, of the right winger, like, I mean, and he he's just so engaged, like he's completely dialed in and moving. You can see the him shifting in and out with the shape. So uh, I still like the guy. He just you know, this was just not a great not a great outing for him. But he he, he scored the goal, so narrative spell. <laughs> Yeah, he scored in. What did I saw somebody tweet? He scored four goals in his last four U.S. appearances, or something, something impressive like that. He's he's meanwhile scored four goals in his last thirty six Bundesliga appearances, something like that. Yeah, bad night for him. I mean, he was a black hole of possession, really, and totally indecisive. Uh, rough that's he's the easy example i guess i'd say of how often did he successfully uh, accomplish what he was attempting to do and it was it was literally like the the successful penalty might have been the only one uh every time he got it whatever he was trying to do it just didn't happen right uh, and i know he's in a he's in a low you know you're a striker it's you're playing lower percentage uh passes but you need you need some of them to you need some of them to come off or it's it's a tough day josh Sargent. Hopefully Josh Sargent pans out because I because it doesn't seem I, I didn't think Novakovic he didn't Novakovic didn't get a ton of time out there but he did have that one breakaway where he um you know he hit it right at the keeper Timmy Timmy Weah style hit it right at yeah. the keeper 
It was a it was a cookie cutter image of Timmy Weah's chances. Yeah, and he could have. I mean, he should have pulled that back for uh, Rubin, who was making a good run into the box. But you know, I mean, Novakovic is playing in a reserve league in the Netherlands. I mean, what do you expect? Yes, so, that's you know that's kind of why I wasn't upset that Sarkin waited so long to pull the trigger on those subs. It's, you know, looking at his options. Uh, if you, if you were going to change the back line, I would have been great with that, but I wasn't, I wasn't like dogging him for, for leaving wood and the, I mean, leaving wood out there that long, like your options, the, the other guys that you're choosing from are, you know, these, these are reserve league players. Yeah. Yeah. Even way to some extent, I know like, we, if anybody listens to this podcast, they'll, they'll get mad at me for saying this, but you know, way as minutes with PSG are, are very limited and in, in games that were generally well in hand at a, yeah, those aren't meaningful. I mean, they're not meaningful. They're not competitive. They're not in competitive situations. Right. Yeah. They're meaningful because it's PSG and it's the PSG first team, but uh, yeah, they're not, they're not like uh, there's not high pressure. It's not a high pressure environment. Nope. It was not. And I don't, what did you think of his, what did you think of his cameo? Um, I thought he had a fun outing. Like I was just like, oh, this is for the kids. I mean, there's at that at that point, there's just so little to take. Uh, he, he drew the, you know, he he, attacked, he he did exactly kind of what he looked like in those PSG cameos, where he definitely looks like somebody that if you do find in space, uh, he's going to something will something will happen. There's going to be some kind of an attack, a dangerous attack. So I guess in that sense, like that's a that's a good uh, option when you don't get it from a lot of your other wing options. Right. Yeah, I don't get the sense that when he gets on the ball, something dangerous is going to happen. But he, but, or some, I mean, I guess I get the sense something's going to happen. But he, 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 he's high energy. I mean, I've been saying on Twitter all week when people ask me about him, he's got, he's got a good work rate and he's, he moves well off the ball. Those are his two good qualities. Uh, that, was, that was a good ball he played into Novakovic. If if that had been Andrew Carlton laying that ball into Novakovic's path, there would be there. You'd have like a a definitely a dedicated clip of that out there already. You think so? You think it was that good of a ball? Uh, he didn't I, have a I, giant I, window to put it in. I mean, you you expect him to make the pass. You expect a guy to make the pass, but that doesn't mean they always do it. So. It wasn't a huge window. He he had to slip it between uh, Novakovic and the defender, so Novakovic wouldn't have to change his path to the goal. And I thought he did exactly that, and that's why Novakovic was able to seal the guy off. And okay. I mean, a good burst from. But yeah, that's a that's a quality pass. Okay. Okay, I stand corrected. He something happened when he was on the ball, and he drew that foul late after they tried to. Uh, break Darlington Nagby in half, then they were pissed off that that didn't happen, so they went after uh, Wea next. It didn't look like a foul to me. That just looked like a heavy touch. And a... uh, they clipped him. Bells, they clipped him. Okay. Well, you're going to have to cut that clip out now and put it either way. <laughs> One of us will apologize. I got a lot of clips to cut out, man. Um, <laughs> let's see. Otherwise, there was really no one else. He didn't. Sarakin didn't go into the bench too much for oh, too long. Rubin, Rubin was in there. Yeah. Um, 
I didn't see too much from him. I, I had like a, it was like bedtime in the Bell's household, and I still haven't gotten to rewatch that part of the game. But I mean, I I, I noticed uh, Rubin, Rubin made did make a good run into the box that and didn't get spotted by Novakovic after that you know world class pass from Wea sprung Novakovic <laughs> down the down the line. I don't know. Did you see anything else from Rubin? Uh, not really. It seemed like we were basically taking, I mean, this was kind of the whole, we kind of took the air out of the ball, uh, it, and weren't really desperate to get forward. So it's not like we'd play it to Rubin and then he'd have three guys running past him. Like it was, it was very, uh, very deliberate pace by the end. We, we, we had to get the result, had to get the result at all costs. They were playing for the result. Like they were t- like, Killing, killing clock on restarts. Like it was very much, uh, it, even, even I think Roldan, as soon as he came on was like stalling. So even though he knew he was only going to have <laughs> a minute to play, he was like, maybe I can beat this clock with my minute. That'll make an impression. Yeah. I can imagine the conversation between Sarakin and, and Roldan there at the end. Hey, Christian, we just got to get the result. Whatever you do, we got to get this result. And what do you think? Um, I've seen some people suggest that, Sarakin is being too, uh, you know, he's putting his own personal welfare ahead of the welfare of the program by, you know, by playing for results, by organizing prag- for results. Yeah, like getting all pragmatic when really what we need to do is see a lot of new players and try to play in a more, I don't know, try, try to play in a different way. So I get that, but I'm... I mean, the, if I would, I would agree with. I agree with that in January with the January camp. I thought oh, that's why we were so baffled. But with this one, I don't care that he didn't make subs when the guys he were he was leaving on the field are Miazga and Cameron Carter Vickers. And I mean, these aren't these aren't guys we see a lot of. I don't I don't mind that he leaves the other guys on the field either, like a Nagby or Yedlin and Viafania, because uh, they're sort of the pieces that are letting these new guys you know, show everything they've got. So I don't mind that at all, to be honest. I don't, yeah. I don't have, I don't have any problem with, him, you know, not playing a 17 year old way off too much or like we, this is where I say, all right, well, we've got five years. The guys he had on there were all guys who are in the picture for the next five years. So yeah, I got a problem with those minutes being used that way. Yeah. I don't really either. If, if it felt, even though I wanted to see Robinson, I, I, it, the thought did occur to me towards the end of the game that like it would have been silly, it would have been weird to bring in a new left back when we're up yeah. one zero, um, and we're doing a pretty good job of snuffing out anything Paraguay tried to do. Like, what's that going to tell you about Robinson? Unless, unless he literally comes in and blows the doors off, bombing up the left side. Yeah, which he Again. wouldn't, which he wouldn't want to do at that point in the game. Cause, yeah. Well, did anything so? Did anything go wrong besides uh, Bobby Wood having a bad game? Then, oh man, let's see. I no, I kind of had Kenny and Wood as sort of the least impressive. And I think part of that is that Wood just had a rough outing. Kenny, I think, suffered by comparison because of sort of the the unexpectedly solid passing that everyone else was demonstrating. Uh, but otherwise, no. I mean, I don't the the lack of the, the final cutting pass uh, is is an issue in a sense, but not in a March friendly with a bunch of kids playing, getting their third cap. So 
I don't have much to complain about here. I was this is about as well as I could have hoped this game would go. Mm-hmm. It could have how much worse this game could have gone. I think we might. Were you kind of expecting it to go much worse? Mm, I'm not sure what I was expecting. I mean, I was I was not expecting it to be an exciting, flowing game of game of soccer, and I was right to not expect that. Um. But yeah, I don't know. After the first twenty minutes, I thought maybe we might put a, put up a couple goals on these guys and and roll them, but. And a sharper, a sharper Bobby Wood, I think we would have. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, do you think that final cutting pass, we're going to get that? We're going to get enough of that from McKenney and Pulisic? Um, not necessarily Pulisic. I think, uh, I think Pulisic will really un- unsettle team. I mean, he's just so capable of beating people, the first guy, uh, so consistently that the rest of the team gets bent all out of shape. And at that point, yeah, we're, two passes later, we'll find the guy that they just can't cover anymore. But uh, I'm not. I'm not so convinced that you know. Even this eleven, not that this is eleven is going to be uh, play together too often, but you give them you give them a little bit more time. There's there's no reason to think they can't find some patterns and and uh, rotations that really do create that last look. Uh, you know, was, they had five days. Like that's tough. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's the it's the the Greg Velasquez encouragement tour. I'm really excited. I mean, this was what this was is what these games are for in my mind. So this was I'm so much I feel so much better about this uh, game than the Bosnia game. Yeah, for sure. You just bask in the glory of this win. Uh, carry it in June. Uh, watch some Zlatan this weekend. Is he going to get on the field? I have no idea. It doesn't even matter. I'll watch him. I'll watch him if he's landing at the airport. I will watch that man do anything. Oh, I, I, I should tell you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna see Andrew Carlton in in the flesh in on Saturday night. All right. Yep. Like you guys going to the same club? What's happening? <laughs> We're, Minnesota United is hosting Atlanta guys, United. Guys, guys spinning at the same club. <laughs> I think he's into music. Uh, so maybe I'll see if I can find out where he's going after the game. All right, I want, I want, the, I want your, I want your notes from seeing him in the all. You'll be able to see the all twenty-two, so you'll have a real good look at at his movement. Assuming he gets onto the field, bells. Yeah, we'll see. If I mean Minnesota United's been giving up a lot of goals, so if uh, if Atlanta comes in and rolls him, then then uh, then he'll get on the field. Maybe Almiron will be tuckered out from getting from getting dominated by Matt Miazga. Right. Lots of possibilities. Should we uh should we wrap it up? Yeah, let's call it let's call it a night. Great, great night of US We're building towards Cutter. That's what it's all about. Building towards the Copa America in twenty nineteen. Uh thanks, Greg. Thanks everybody for listening. We'll be back next week. Mm-hmm.